Hello and welcome to the Anti-Football Podcast. My name is Chris and as always, I am joined by Harry. Harry. Oh. oh, almost think to it there. Uh, yeah, no. Nah. I mean, it's probably going to be a bit of a quicker one, a bit of a short one this episode because, I mean, you know, me and Harry, we both have lives. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, um, so, I mean, we can just hop straight into it. I mean, usually, you know, we would go for, you know, the earliest Premier League game, but I feel like something a little bit monumental happened, and I feel like we have to cover that first, don't we? Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing yeah. you know what I'm talking about, so yeah. I'll let you take the floor here. Uh, the streak is over. <laughs> uh, Watford beat Liverpool 3-0. And you called it as well, you called that Liverpool won't finish the season unbeaten. Yeah, I know. I know. As soon as it happened, I sent Chris, um, Paul Heyman, on the night that Undertaker's streak ended. So I thought it was kind of funny. But yeah, yeah, Watford uh, beat the. I guess we're going to say champions now because uh, they pretty much are. Yeah. Yeah, uh, ten games to go, and uh, there's still twenty points ahead. I, I know City's got a game in hand, but I don't think it's going to change then. Um, Foster said about the game that Liverpool didn't worry him on the attack. Every cross he felt like they weren't going to his players. So he felt his team was pretty comfortable winning. Which is incredible considering they had 29% possession. Exactly, yeah. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, possessions don't mean out if you win the game. I mean, I still remember um, when Burnley beat Liverpool... 2-0 2-0 a couple of seasons ago with 18% possession. Like, I feel like that was one of the lowest ever like wins for percentage ratio. But yeah, I mean, if there's one thing that Nigel Pearson is good at is a relegation battle. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw it at Leicester. Like, they were dead and buried with 10 games to go. And, um, and they managed to claw their way out of that relegation zone. Um, and then they went on one league next year. Like, <laughs> I'd, it's mental. But like, and because Watford looked dead and buried as well before they yeah. got Pearson. Like, they were in the position that you know everyone's talking about Norwich now. Um, but you know, like, I just feel like I feel like they'll definitely. I, I'm not just saying that because of a reactionary thing because they beat Liverpool. But I genuinely do believe Watford will have enough to stay up. Like, yeah. just because. They seem like they have the fight that, you know, the likes of your Bournemouths, your Brightons, your Villas, your West Hams, um, your Norwiches. They seem like they're up for it more than those sorts of teams. Yeah, because when they come against the top six, they seem to put up more of a fight than any team that I've seen, particularly in this game. I mean, despite having 29% possession, they managed to get more shots off than Liverpool. Which, as I said, the the attack of Liverpool isn't all that great. I mean, they had 71% possession and they only managed seven attempts at goal, of yeah. which one was on target. I mean, I've been talking to um, a Liverpool fan recently, um, and he said, like, obviously, the attack of um, Salamani, for me, not it's a great attack, um, but they just need somewhat different. Because, I mean, if you look at the bench, they've got a Rigi... You know, they've got Mina Mino, Shakiri when he's fit. 
they're all the sort of like same sort of players. Whereas he says he's want he'd want like a big man um, to come to Liverpool. Obviously not as a starter, but you know as a plan B. Because um, I feel like that's something that Liverpool lack. They've got a really good plan A, and they're not used to having to go to a plan B because nine times out of ten they don't need to. Yeah, I mean they're pretty reliant on that defence, and that defence in the Chelsea game and the Liverpool game weren't up to scratch as what we've seen, you know, earlier in the league, where they were getting clean sheet after clean sheet, no matter who was in goal. Mm, yeah, I mean, they've got the most clean sheets in the Premier League this season, um, mm-hmm. Liverpool, and I mean. <sighs> I don't know. They just seem they just seemed all over shot defensively here. I know a lot of Liverpool fans have blamed Dejan Lovren, um, but to be honest with you, for the goals, I think none of them were really Lovren's fault. I feel like Trent was at fault for one of them, mm-hmm. and I feel like Van Dijk as well. He was at fault. Um, although Liverpool fans seem to be blaming Lovren for him. It's probably because he's not up to scratch with his uh, defensive teammates and his goalkeeper, so he's just a mm. scapegoat. Yeah. Well, every club has a scapegoat. Yeah, I feel... Because I remember Lovren said he was the best of men in the world when Croatia... When Croatia got to the finals at World Cup, yeah. yeah. I mean, we laughed then. Can you imagine if he said that now? Yeah. He's probably just saying that to get a price boost to go up to the summer. But obviously, a move never materialised. His main Sar was brilliant in this match. Oh, yeah, I mean, grabbing two goals. He's, he's had a bit of a quiet season as Saar. He, he's shown flashes in game, but he's ne- he's never... um He's not like Adama Traore was last season. Like, he's looking good, but the end product wasn't necessarily there. Mm. Apart from, obviously, this game. Well, that was kind of the problem at Rennes as well, but he was a very flashy player. He did show signs of promise. Um, mm. He's got as many goals as he did... Um, two years ago at Brands, and he's played less games. Mm. Yeah, I mean, which is showing improvement, especially when you consider, you know, a relegation battle in the Premier League. Like, it, at the start, at the end of the day, uh, you know, the Premier League's a harder league than Liga in anyway. Um, but he's probably surrounded by worse players, considering you know, Rennes third in Liga at the minute. So, mm. just. I, I was completely shocked when that fight because I was thinking to myself, it's not over till it's over because this is Liverpool they're playing. Mm. Well, I remember the West Ham game when they were losing two one. Yeah, and they went on to win that four two, three two, wasn't it? Three two, yeah. Mm. Aye, I mean, it's just mad that you know, I I think the players look exhausted. I really do. Like, I feel like. He's got the right idea, Klopp, for rotation. But, I mean, like... I just feel like rotating the league games now, like... You can't get the unbeaten season, so give the players some bloody rest. Like... They just look exhausted. Similar to um, Klopp's last season at Dortmund, after they won the league. Hmm. Players look exhausted. The players looked exhausted then. Well, we're now seeing them bomb out of competition. So, no... The Villa game was obviously out of their control because they were in another country. But yeah. they lost the game to Atleti, so they got the second leg. That's in trouble. And they've just gone out to Chelsea in the FA Cup. So, essentially, they're going to walk away with... Did they win the Community Shield? 
no, City won that. So only two. Well, that doesn't really count as a trophy anyway. I don't think. It's a friendly. It's pre-season friendly. Uh, I don't know. The, my dad always said to me, "Oh, whoever wins this is going to win the league." Well, I mean, it at used least to be for the this case, season, not, it's not. not no. I mean, who won it last season? Was that City? No, Arsenal beat us. Oh yeah. And they they haven't won in over a decade. So, um, should we get on to the Friday night game then? Yeah, yeah, we can do. Um, result again. Another, I was opinion. about to say another shock as well. Um, Norwich won Leicester nil. Go on, take us through what you're thinking here. I feel like Leicester should have won. That was an extremely harsh um, disallow of the Leicester goal. Mm. I think it was just a bit of a pinball between the hands before Ian Acho put it in the net. I think. Well, it- it's the Norwich player's arm first. Yeah, I thought. We, yeah, <laughs> it it it, re, it bounces off the Norwich player's hand onto Ian Acho's hand. So how can you give that as handball against Leicester? <laughs> uh, I really don't know. I mean, you got to give attackers advantage there because they had committed the foul first. Exactly. And then because of that, I think that really hit their confidence, and Leicester go and win it. Um, with a uh, Max Aaron's um, cross into Jamal Lewis, who puts it in the goal. Shocking result. Um, Leicester can't seem to buy a win, at least in the league at the minute. Um, I mean, the last win in the league was a 4-1 win over West Ham. That was the 22nd of January, so about a month and a half without a win for Leicester. I mean, granted, they beat Birmingham in the Cup and they beat Brentford in the Cup. Right, two lower league opposition, well done. Um, but, you know, going into West Midlands derby on Monday night, a Watford side will be high on confidence. Right? The, the top four isn't guaranteed for Leicester. I mean, Man United are only eight points right on their arse now. Yeah, exactly. Man United, Man United only eight points behind them. Wolves only eight points behind them. Like, Chef U, Spurs, they're still pushing as well. Like, I mean, had they won these games you'd think they'd be challenging City for the second spot but oh yeah definitely well I mean you look at some of the results I mean obviously yeah you've got the um, 1-0 loss against West uh, against Norwich sorry but I mean you've got you know losing 2-1 home to Southampton you know losing against us like they're like games that you know they should be getting stuff out of them and they're just not like I don't know what's up with them. I think I don't know whether it's just confidence or just bad form or what. I've not a clue. Well, the last three league games they failed to score a goal. Mm. So, and I mean, when you've got you know the highest scorer, the or the joint highest scorer in the Premier League at the moment playing up front for you, like that's that's pretty dire. That. Yeah, I mean Vardy's been out and they've been. Run on Ian Acho, who did have a good start when he came in, but you know, not get hitting the ground running. Yeah. Um, and I mean for Norwich as well, like the sort of um, well I'm not gonna say they're gonna start trying to push on now, but I mean they're only six points off of safety, you know. I mean we're all talking about you know 
oh, Norwich are dead and buried. But I mean, they're not. I mean, how many times have we seen teams in this sort of situation? And at the end of the day, teams think if we're going to go down, we're going to go down swinging and the, like grind out for those sorts of results. I mean, Norwich left in the league. I mean, they've got Sheffield, Southampton, you know, like some tough games, tough run a few next few games. But they've still got, you know, us at home, Brighton at home, Watford away, West Ham at home. Like, they've got games where they could easily get things. So, like, it's, it's not over for them yet. I mean, it could eventually come down to the last day, and that's where, you know, they'll probably be down because they've got Man City away on the last day. But, you know, shocks can happen. I mean, Norwich already beaten City this season. Yeah. Um... How many points? They're six points off. Six points off. With Watford looking really good. Yeah. It's, it's really tough to call. I mean, they, they're also... Not only are they going to have to put on the performances for their own sake, they're solely reliant on the other teams to fail. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what's, what, what kills you, is the fact that you can be playing as good as you are, but, you know you're already chasing a target like, rather than setting your own pace. Mm. That could be eventually what does them in. Yeah. Should we move on to the midday game? I found this rather interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, we'll move on to a match that for until like last season, really, I didn't really know was a rivalry. I still mm. don't understand why it's a rivalry. But Palace won Brighton nil. Go on. Uh, A23 derby because the um the two clubs are on the same road. That is pretty much the basis of the derby. Um, the Shilohan... I don't see how it's a derby. Sorry, just to interrupt yeah. you. But I mean, if they're an hour and a half away, like, how can it be a derby? That's like calling... I don't this know. is my road, I don't know. Yeah, but it's like calling Newcastle and Burnley a derby. Like... Do you share a road? No. But it's the um, same distance. Yeah. Well, actually, it might, it's probably a little bit longer, actually. I'll just check. Well, I think... Yeah, it's two and a half hours, never mind. But it's like, you know, it's it's not a derby. <laughs> They're just fighting over a road. That's yeah. pretty much it. Um, well, Charlotte was warming up. And uh, Sahar hears him say something. And then he, he reacts by spitting at Shiloto and then Shiloto obviously is going to react to being spat at and um, it's Shiloto who gets booked I would have probably red carded Wilfred Zahar for spitting at a player yeah it's disgusting spitting I, yeah. I really don't like it honestly like, I'd, ra- I'd rather be punched than spat on like I just hate it it's dirty like yeah I mean and I'm surprised that there hasn't been any retrospective action, has there, for Zaha? No. No, I mean, I'm surprised. Like, dirty bastard. Like, no, I don't, I don't like that. No. Um, I was just looking up here. Brighton and Saints is a derby. They're two hours, seven minutes away. It's called the South Coast Derby. It's not really a derby, is it? It's not a derby if you're two hours away. Well... Uh, let's see, Saints and Bournemouth, because that's called the New Forest Derby. Mm. That is, oh, that we're 50 minutes apart. Yeah, I mean, that's probably, like, the most 
you can get within like an hour is probably like the most. I mean, the big derby down here is Pompey Saints, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, once this happened with Zahar, the fans were absolutely on Zahar. Everything he did wrong, the fans were jeering at him. It was, yeah. and he was getting obviously frustrated. And then a few players were getting on at him as well to try yeah. and like. And Chilotto, who was kind of like a bit of a villain, kind of came out at the end of the game as a hero. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, it's it's been a bit like, uh, uh, yeah, at the end of it, home fans are always going to cheer their own players and boot away players. I mean, that's always how it's going to be. But I mean, like, Zaha just like, oh, I just don't like him. He's a cheating bastard, and he's just proved that he's a dirty bastard as well. Like, yeah, he's had a very poor season. Yeah, he has, especially for his standards as well. I mean, you'd think he'd realise, you know. Like, if he wants a big move away, he's going to have to play well for teams to want him. And, I mean, I know he um, he hit the post, didn't he? Yeah. 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 But oh, like, my God, that chance at the end. I was laughing. I know, yeah. He's been really poor. Um, and their top scorer scores today, and um, that was, try not to say, on the game, uh, that was Ayu. He's their top scorer of seven goals. Mm, yeah, I mean, seven goals isn't a bad return, um, especially when you consider where Palace are in the league. Um, but at this stage, you'd probably want your top your top scorer to be pushing for double figures at least. You know, mm. like, at this stage anyway. Um, but having said that, how many players can you name in the Premier League who who would go to Crystal Palace? who can consistently get, you know, double figures in a Premier League season. Like, there's not too many. Right? No, that's true. I mean, oh, that, no. that's why I think we're really blessed as Burnley. Um, sorry to link everything back to Burnley. I always do it. I know it's pretty annoying. But, like, we've got two strikers who can consistently get double figures in a season, and that's just invaluable. Like, and they're going to be here for a long run as well because they just signed new deals. But, like, Wood, he's on 10 goals. Like Barnes, he's on six. Like, but he's been playing. He played with an hernia for like six weeks, so he'd probably be pushing ten, if not on ten, by this point if he was still playing. Like, it it's just invaluable having a known goal scorer. Um, and I mean for Palace, since Zaha isn't performing for him this season, I mean, what's Zaha's record? I bet he's not got more than like three. Oh, uh, he's got exactly three. Yeah. It's got three, yeah, I mean, like... That Played is, every game. Yeah, I mean, that is poor. Like, especially for a player of Zaha's quality. Like, how many assists has he got, curiously? He won't have many there, either. Uh, well, I doubt it, because they've only got 25 goals. Yeah, I mean, aren't they, like, one of the lowest scorers in the league, I think? Zaha's got three assists. Yeah, I mean... Six goal contributions in 28 games, like that's less than one in four for a player who was touted as 80 million pounds to a Champions League club. Like that's that's just poor. That. I mean, well, how many go? Are you? Uh, Neil Malpai's got eight goals, just a goal above. Are you? Yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm not having a goal at IU. I just feel like, you know. I mean, bottom side Norwich. Uh, their top scorer is Pookie, he's got 11. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, goals doesn't guarantee you, um, like, that you're going to stay up. Like, because I mean, I think we when we went down with Danny Ings, he had like 15 goals and we still went down. Um, but like, you know, a consistent scorer can really help you out. Um, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not trying to have a go. Like, I just feel like you know. At the end of the day, Palace, who were a club who were trying to, or at least at the start of the season, were trying to push top half. Like, they're trying to be in a position where Burnley are. They need a striker who could perhaps get double figures. Right? Yeah. I think it's the, the issue with these sort of clubs is money nowadays. I mean, I was looking at Jude Bellingham. He's 16, mm. and he's going to be going to Dortmund for 30 million. 30 million, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just mad, isn't it? It may it makes me lean towards a salary cap slash like a we or like working like the NBA where they trade comp contracts. Mm. Yeah, I mean, but you're gonna have to implement that across the whole board. Yeah, I know. I mean, like, yeah, I'd, it it'd be it'd be hard because like, where'd you put the salary cap? Where would you say you'd put it? For example, if you did a salary cap. The thing is, Messi's on, like, mad money. That's what I mean, yeah. Yeah. Like, the FA can't just slap a salary cap on, because all the best players will just go abroad. They'll go to your Barca's, they'll go to your Real Madrid's, they'll go to your PSG's to earn more money. Like, that's fact. Well, I think instead of doing it per player, they do it per team, don't they? Mm. So, like, every team gets, like, 23.2 23.2 million or something. Um, so you divide that by 23 players, so it's about a million a year. Or if you want to get a big player, you're going to have to cheap out elsewhere. Yeah, but I mean, look at the wages that, you know, teams are offering. Like, they're offering 300 grand for Aaron Ramsey as Juventus, for example. Like, PSG, I dread to think how much Neymar's on. Like, they're offering fat contracts, and if you just whack a salary cap on, you know, players are going to leave. I mean, this this game had 36 attempts and just the one goal. It, this game really said to me why these teams are struggling for goals. I mean, that chance at the end was the hard rounded the keeper only to hit the post. It just summed up why these two teams are in the positions they are. Mm, yeah, I know. Right. I feel like Bournemouth could really be in some trouble, you know. Yeah, Wilson and King aren't up to scratch. Although, having said that, they did get a good draw. Yeah, I mean... Wait, did I say Bournemouth there? Yeah. Oh, well, I meant Brighton. Um, oh. I, well, I mean, Bournemouth could also be in trouble. I mean, but I mean, we'll get on to the Chelsea game in a bit, but... I meant to say Brighton anyway there. Um, Brighton, I feel like, could be in trouble. I mean, granted, you know, they've got Mope who can score, can put them in. But at the back, they've, just, I don't know, they've been a bit shaky. I mean, how many goals have they conceded? Because they seem to have conceded like, less than the teams around them. Yeah, they've conceded 40. The mm. teams below them, the lowest there is 43 and the highest is 52. Mm. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> It's, it's not bad. I feel like 
I feel like they'll probably survive this season, but next season they'll be in trouble. Right. Yeah, they might have to end fast. Yeah. Um. But yeah. But anyway, um, we've got what else to add on to that, or we move on to your favourite game. I'm, I'll be assuming. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's go. It was the. Well, I think because of this, after this game, Alonso, as of today, has been announced as a nominee for Player of the Month. He got two goals in this game. Um, One to give us a lead, and then one towards the end to get us a draw. I I don't know what the hell happened after half-time as to where we conceded two goals. Yeah. Well, I mean, two in three minutes as well, so uh, yeah. just a quick one-two punch. Like. That's been the major problem this season, it's been our defence. I mean, if we had a, if we had a better defence, we could rely on getting two goals against Bournemouth. But, obviously, the, the issue that I'm seeing is Alonso goes too far forward in hopes of getting these goals, and it's leaving us, I suppose, at the back with... Reese James, who's quite inexperienced. Christensen and uh, Aspiquet aren't that fast. And Tamori is probably our best defender. Oh. Um, but yeah, Caballero needs to get out. And I think after the game that Kepa had against Liverpool, he should be starting again. Oh. I think yeah, I mean... he's given, put trust back in by the fans and that. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like we can't forget... A, Willy Caballero is what, 37 years old, 38 years old? Yeah, 38, yeah. Yeah. Um, Kepa's like 16 years younger than him or something. And B, Kepa costs you 70 million quid. Right? So <laughs> yeah. he's, got to, he's got to be a decent keeper to be able to attract that sort of a fee. Um, and, yeah, um, I mean, again, Bournemouth are just such a funny team. I'm guessing they're just your bogey team, really. Yeah. Because, I mean... Yeah. They're a team who... They're just a funny team. They're a team who's lost, you know... They've only won. uh, They've only not lost, sorry, um, three times in the league this season, this year, calendar year. And that's a 3-1 win at home at Brighton, a 2-1 win at home at Villa, and a 2-2 draw at home against Chelsea. They lost 3-0 against us. They lost 1-0 against Norwich. They lost 3-0 against um, Watford. They lost 4-0 against West Ham. Then going even further back, they lost two 0 against Brighton, one 0 against us, like one 0 against Palace. Like they just they seem to turn up for big games, but for smaller teams, not so much. Yeah, they're very odd. I mean, when they usually beat us, they put uh, three or four past us, Ooh. which is insane. Um, and it looked like they were probably going to do it when Lerma and King both got the goals, but luckily. Our defence sharpened up a bit, but the the damage has already been done. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's weird because like Chelsea dominated this game really, um, in basically every single start. But really? like, at the end of the day, the only start that matters is the scoreline. Um, and yeah, that's it. It's a dent on Chelsea's um, Champions League hopes, which, I mean, at the end of the day, Lampard's had a really good season. Like, yeah. don't get it twisted. I mean, when we were previewing this season, um, 
you were talking about saying no European football for Chelsea. Um, yeah, I said eighth, I believe. Yeah, you were preparing for the worst. Um, but ten games left. You're in a Champions League spot. You're in the FA Cup quarterfinal. You're in the knockout stage of the Champions League, all with having a transfer ban um, and having lost your best player in Eden Hazard. But he's done a good job as Lampard. I can't forget that. Mhm. Yeah. I mean, I think the transfer ban probably helped us out a lot. Mm. Because. I think we would have bought us another out-of-shape striker to put up top that wouldn't have done as good a job as Abraham. And mm. Willian and Alonso are kind of, are putting in good performances recently. Mm. So it's maybe worth giving them contract extensions but looking yeah. to get some replacements in because yeah. they are good on their day. I mean, Pedro's had a good past two games as well. I thought he played well here. And um, against Liverpool as well, I thought he was immense, Pedro. Yeah. He really should have got a third goal against Liverpool. Yeah, he should have done. That's, yeah. that's been his problem, is goal scoring. Because we gave him a lot of game time last season. He just, just couldn't put away chances when we wanted him to. Yeah. He's coming up to 33 years old. Yeah. I mean, he was never, you know... I mean, even at Barcelona, he was never the most prolific, you know, goal scorer. I mean, 58 goals in 200 games for Barca. Like, he's not exactly your goal-scoring winner. Um, but what he brings is that creativity. And I feel like some of what he's brought in his past few performances for Chelsea as well is a bit of energy as well and a bit of... And surprisingly, for the little Spaniard, a little bit of steel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just feel like, had he worked on his shooting, he'd have a few more goals. Mm, yeah. Because he's working at about a goal every four games from that Barca record. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, and I thought Mason Mount has been tremendous in the few, last few games. Mm, yeah, I mean, he's sort of being played like, I don't know, because he's not really out wide as such, but he's not really a centre mid either. It's weird. Sort of a wide attacking midfielder, I guess. So like a wide playmaker, sort of like similar to um, the way like Bernardo Silva yeah. sort of played. I think the system that we're playing currently, currently it works. Mm. But we desperately need good defenders to... Uh, make sure that we're not leaking goals at the pack. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like... I don't know, I like Aspilicueta, personally. I feel like he's a really good... I feel like he's a good centre-half in a back three. Um, and Christensen and Tamari, they're both young. And Rudiger's not bad either, but, you know... I feel like one... I feel like what you're lacking is just a big, commanding centre-half. You know, I'd like Kulabari personally. Yeah, I mean, it's I don't want to burst your bubble. It's probably a little bit unrealistic, but you know, like someone in that vein, someone like maybe um, um Titi's not getting much game time at Barca. I don't believe. I feel Lengley sort of forced him out of the team. If I've got my facts right, so maybe someone like him. No, um, Titi played in the um, El Clasico. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. 
Well, I'm getting mixed up then. Maybe <laughs> Clement Lingley then. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or some, someone of that ilk, anyway. A player that was really impressed me is um, more for the left back, Alfonso Davis. Mm, yeah. There, he's got very. He's basically the next Alaba, but possibly going to work out even better. Yeah. I he mean, maybe. Ripped us to shreds when we played him. Yeah. And I feel like as a wing back, he'd really thrive as well. Because he started mm-hmm. off as a winger, didn't he? Yeah. At yeah. Uh, Vancouver Whitecaps. Yeah. Yeah, he looks like a decent little prospect. Um, yeah. Anyway, though. Um, if we move on, I mean, we've got Southampton. Mm hmm. Yeah, Bowen getting his first goal for West Ham. Yeah, that's what happens when you start a player of his quality. I mm. mean, bring it. I think he brought him on too late in the Liverpool game to make a difference. Mm. But you're seeing Bowen and Antonio on the wings. They're going to cause a lot of issues, mm. and they helped. Well, they helped get um. Had her a goal, and the the front three were right on form against Saints, who are having a pretty good season after that 9-0 loss where uh, Hassan Hootel changed everything. Mm, and it looked pretty hopeless. Um, I'm a big fan of Antonio. I feel like he's someone who, um, similar to a, um, a Dama Traore type, you know. Like, I mean, obviously not as good as him, but, you know, someone who's a big, powerful winger who has added a bit of end product to his game. Mm-hmm. Because I remember maybe... Fast as well. Yeah. I remember two, three years ago, he was knocking on the door for England. Mm. And well, it could be now with the um, injuries to forwards that we have. You know? Yeah. Uh, probably more of a... Pro- like a... On the pre- preliminary squad. Yeah. And another player is that Jeremy Ngakia. He looks really good. Yeah, where did he that. come from? I don't remember seeing Their him. Their academy, it seems. Oh, right. And, again, speaking of academy, Saints' academy player Michael Obafemi got in on the goals. Mm. Yeah, getting what at the time was an equaliser. Um, but, yeah, he's looking like a decent little prospect. Um even if I did get him confused with Obafemi Martins, um, <laughs> I, I'm I'm st- I'm still convinced that Martins did play for Southampton. I'm still convinced they did. It's just the Mandela effect. Yeah. Um, but I think something that was apparent from this game and the past few games that Saints have had is they need a new keeper. Both Gunn and McCarthy just are up to scratch. Yeah, I think they loaned out. Fraser Forster, I'm not 100% sure on that. I'm yeah, double. to um, Celtic. Yeah, so if they get him back, I think they're set. Yeah, because it's just conceding too many. That's their problem, Southampton. I mean, in terms of scoring, they've got 35, which is six more than Sheffield in eighth, two more than Burnley in ninth. Like, it's two more than Everton, or two less than Everton, sorry. Um, but... And it's way more than the teams below them. But it's just they were, conceding. They were playing James Ward-Prowse at right back. Yeah, it's odd that. To say he's such a good midfielder. Like, I mean, I guess that gives more uh, 
gained onto that Will Smallbone. Yeah. Um, but I like Valerie, though. I feel like... Uh, his standout game was that game against United where he scored that screamer, but... Yeah. I haven't really seen anything from him since. I mean, yeah, they've got Carl only... Walker-Peters on there as well, on the bench. Yeah, exactly. He played all right against... Um, yeah, I feel like... I mean, they're not in any danger, I don't think, Southampton. Nah. No. Um, but, you know, just defensively, they need to be a bit more solid. Yeah. I mean, had they won, I think they would have been knocking at the door for a Europa League spot. Well, had they won, they'd have been, what, 37 points. That's level on points with Arsenal, level on points with Everton, like, three points behind Spurs. Like, yeah, they would have been knocking at the door. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a massive loss and a big change of point for that season because they haven't really got any goals to go for. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to write them off because the teams above them aren't having the greatest of seasons apart from Sheffield United and Burnley. Mm. Yeah. I mean, all, all can happen, you know. Ten games left, 30 points up for grabs, you know. All can happen. Where did you say that Burnley were going to finish at the start of the season? Um, I think, if I remember rightly, it was 14th, I predicted. Um, wow, okay. I'll, I'll just get it. I'll just see if I can find it. Because um, I did make an official prediction. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely didn't say... I definitely didn't think top half, anyway. Um, yeah, 14th, I had us. Yeah. Mind you, I, my predictions were a bit shocking, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, it, it's something we can revisit, you know, at the end of the season. Because, um, I mean, I know you made your predictions as well. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, we can revisit them like, when there's no games on. But, yeah, like, I didn't have us doing as well as we have. And, I mean, whilst we're talking about Burnley, we might as well go on to the most boring game known to mankind... Um, 0-0 draw with Newcastle like, I'm a Burnley fan and I was bored so I can't imagine how it was for the neutral like, Jesus Christ like, it was so boring like, the, the standout player um, or the only player who had a noteworthy performance real, well there's two actually for, in my opinion the only two players who had a standout performance were Charlie Taylor and James Tarkovsky defensively because they weren't letting Newcastle have anything, um, offensively anyway. But apart from that, nothing really to point out. Well, I'm seeing that here that Newcastle had 21 attempts at goal. 21 attempts at goal? No chance. They had four on target. Oh, it it definitely didn't seem like that. It says attempts. here 11 shots were blocked. I mean, that probably sounds about right, to be honest yeah. with you. Like, that it just didn't seem like either team had any sort of chances, to be honest with you. Like, it, it was just... Imagine, in your head, what Newcastle and Burnley having a 0-0 draw would be like, and that's the game that, that you're... The game that you're imagining was the game that happened. Like, terrible game. It, it was almost... It's almost the worst game I've seen in the Premier League. The worst game I've seen was Burnley near Huddersfield nil from um, <laughs> last season. Awful. I think there was one shot on target the whole game. <laughs> like, awful. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, St. Maximan, when he came on, right, he played well. Um, he showed flashes, but I mean, it was too little, too late, really. Um, and yeah, like, I, we're really overachieving because that's six un, undefeated now for Burnley. Coming into a game against Spurs where, you know, it could be crucial if we are trying to genuinely push for Europe, like, which I mean, I, I don't think we will now, but, you know. It's going to be a big game, especially with Spurs looking to rotate, um, and they're on bad run of form. It could be, could be a big three points on Saturday. You got a really poor run of games coming out. Because mm. well, we've got right off Watford. No, I mean we beat them three 0 away, um, and at home we always perform better than away. Um, I'd back us to beat Watford at home, right? I mean, take away that freak result against Liverpool and, you know, they're a beatable side. Right? Yeah, I mean, the stand-up fixtures are Spurs, City, Watford, because they're challenging, um, Sheffield United, Liverpool, and Wolves, depends on Norwich and Brighton. Mm. Yeah, well, Norwich- I mean... Norwich and Brighton, I'd like to think we'd get six out of six on them. I mean, don't get me wrong, all can happen, but I'd like to think we would. Um, The three big games, if we genuinely try to push for Europe, Sheffield, Spurs, Wolves, the three teams that are above us. And I mean, don't get me wrong, I I don't really think we will be getting Europe this season. Um, It's nice to hope so, but I don't think we will. For me, I want to get to 50 points. I think that's an achievable goal for four us. wins yeah exactly four wins and it really sets us ahead of you know your Brighton's your Bournemouth's your West Ham's your Watford's your Villas like whatever one of them is what stay up it really sets you ahead of the pack of them mm-hmm. I mean I think if you want to push for Europe you're going to have to push for better players but at the same time there's going to be a few clubs knock at the door for your own um, group of lads. Mm, yeah, I mean, I'm sure James Tarkovsky will have a lot of interest in him come the summer. Um, I mean, I, I mean, the three players who I think will be attracting interest, Dwight, Tarky, Pope. Um, I, I, there's been rumours about Charlie Taylor going to Leicester, but I don't think they'll materialise. Um, um, it depends on Chilwell, I reckon. Mm, yeah, but I, to be honest with you, I just think it's paper talk, that. Um, but yeah, I think Dwight, I think... I don't want to say I'm confident we'll keep Dwight, but, you know, I feel like he's not really grabbed the headlines. He's a brilliant player, don't get me wrong, he's a brilliant player, but I don't think he's grabbed the headlines enough for the big clubs to come in for him. Um, Pope, I mean, he just signed a new deal beginning of season. He's our number one, pushing for England. Um most clean sheets in the league. He'll have some clubs knocking, but I, I don't know. I just got a feeling he'll stay. Um, I mean, he's no undisputed first choice now that Eaton's gone. Um, and I feel like, yeah, I just feel like I just got a feeling he'll stay. Tark is the one I'm worried about because he's been our best player this season. But I'm not going to say by a country mile, but he's definitely been our best player this season, Tarky. Um And yeah, he's just a brilliant. Brilliant defender, Tarki. I'd want no less than 50 for him, to be honest with you. Jeez, that would put... In this current market, 
when Harry Maguire is 80 million, like... <laughs> I was laughing when it happened, even after the season he, he had at Leicester. Yeah. I mean, I mean even now, in hindsight, hmm. big slabhead. I know. Well, I mean, he's not, he's not having a bad season, but, I mean, he's not worth 80 million. Um, but, you know, considering we sold Michael Keane for 30 million, like, Tark is a lot better now than what Keane was then. Like, yeah. And it helps that he's English, which will probably boost his price. Boost his price, yeah. Anyway, um, we move on to um, Everton Manu. Yeah. Go on, yeah. Take us through your thoughts. Cowart Lewin having another um, knock at the door for the England spot. I mean, he's he's got to be going. I mean, he scores lightning fast against United. Um, capitalises on a big mistake by De Gea mm-hmm. and uh, slots Everton ahead. And then Bruno Fernandes, he's been tremendous for Man U. Yeah, he's really turned the corner for that side. They've looked a different side with him in it. Mm, yeah. Uh, he gets a goal uh, past Pickford. And and both keepers are at fault for the goals, really. Mm. And a lot of yellow cards for United in this game, because they just kept hacking away. Mm. Um, yeah, 1-1's final result. Yeah, pretty fair, I'd say, in grand scheme of things. It it felt like a draw, really. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, that puts Man U on 42, three points behind Chelsea. Are you worried? Are you looking over your shoulders? Because this Man U side does look pretty good. I'm more worried about Wolves, <laughs> to mm. be honest. Um, because Man United are in the same position as... This is basically the same as last week. We're both matching results. Um, but Wolves, um, just coming off a big win, which we'll get into in a sec, mm. they're definitely knocking at the door. I mean, I think Leicester should be looking over their shoulder. Oh, like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Um, I mean, we can get into that Wolves game now if you want. I mean, okay. Um, yeah, just great comeback as well. Twice coming down from behind like, and eventually winning 3-2. Like, Oh, the fight from that Wolves team. And they've used 20 players this season. Like, <laughs> considering they're in Europa League as well, that's mental. Yeah, I think it's that, been that rotation where they've put out their lesser players in the Europa League, still getting results there. They've got two uh, really good squads. Um, mm. um, it's really going to be interesting because Wolves' final game is against Chelsea in the league. Mm. Yeah, um, Matt Doherty, he has had a tremendous season. Whether it's crossing or scoring, I think he's severely underrated. Mm. He really right. shoots that um, wing back role in a mm-hmm. in a five at the back formation. Um, I feel like giving him the freedom to get forward, especially when you know you've got Johnny and. Um, Vin, well, maybe not Vinagre, but Johnny especially, because he usually starts on the other side, who are a bit more defensive-orientated. It allows him the freedom to get forward um, and get those crosses in, especially when he's partnering up with Adama Traore. Like, that right-hand side for Wolves is deadly. Yeah. 
Um, and speaking of deadly, Yota getting in the goals again. Mm. Goal and assist, wasn't it? Uh, about, yeah, he set up uh, Jimenez. Mm. I mean, Yota's he scored a hat trick against Espanyol, a brace against Norwich, didn't play in the second leg against Espanyol, and then the goal against Wolves. So that's six goals in three games. Yeah, he's on real fine form. Um, and I mean, this season he's probably well. How many goals he got? So in Prem. Um, he's got six goals in the Prem. Six goals. So like, you know, nine not, in the Europa League. I, I was just about to make the point like, in the Europa League, he seems like a ten. Well, not ten times a player. That's a bit harsh. But like, he seems a far better player in the Europa League than he's in Prem. Like, I don't know what it is. Yeah, and it's not like the opposition that Wolves are playing are weak in the Europa League. No, they're right? not farmers. Right? Yeah. I mean, they had Braga, Besiktas, and Slovan Bratislava in their group. Mm. And then the next leg, they got Espanyol, who were, again, not a team to really um, write off again. No. Again, Spurs taking the league twice in this game and unable to get the job done. Mm. And I mean, that is poor. Yeah. Bergwijn's been a good sign for him. Yeah, he has, to be fair. Like, seems to be the one shining light in that side. He, he's really injected him with a little bit of pace. Like, I mean, he's not what they needed, which was a striker, but, you know. And now, finally playing Taganga in his actual position of a centre-back. Yeah. And he was shy. This <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's better off at left-back. Yeah. right-back. But... Probably not right back because Aurier got on goals. Mm. Set up by Della Ali. And I'm very undecided about Della Ali. I mean, he played stroke in this game, but I don't know whether he'll get into that England squad. Uh, I mean, I, there's players I'd definitely take over him. Um, mm-hmm. Madison Grealish being. Yeah. Well, I've just got a feeling he'll sneak in, personally. Mm, I think that's a shame. I think he's, although he's got seven goals and however many assists, mm. I think he's underperforming for the kind of player that has been hyped. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Let's have how many assists. He's got four assists. Mm. Um, shall we get into the Carabao Cup final? Yeah, we can do. Um, so Villa and. Man City won it, yeah. 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 Um, oh, fucking hell, it's bad. I can't remember that. Like, I, I can't remember much of this game, to be honest with you. You're going to have to be my eyes. Well, City were really um, pissing on them in the sort of first 35 minutes. I mean, yeah. they really should have got more than two um, in that period. Phil Foden in this game. Yeah, they rotated City, if I remember correctly. Yeah, um, they had Bravo and goal. Um, Stones was back. Um, Foden was out on the wings. They had Zinchenko on the left. Uh, otherwise, it's your tr- normal squad. All right. Um, yeah, that th- first thirty-five minutes, 
City really could have put four or five past them um, and really should have put the game to bed in that period. And because of that, it was um, one like a, not even a particularly great counter-attack, but the cross goes into Samata, and he's uh, always going to be an aerial threat, and he puts it past Bravo to become the first Tanzanian to score in the final. Oh. And then, at that point, it really turned the game on its head, because Villa were actually back in the game when they really should have been killed off. But the second mm. half for City didn't really produce much. I mean, they were pretty poor. And towards and towards the end, you saw Villa really trying to push for that equaliser, but just never came. It, I think City made a much harder game of it than mm. it should have been. Well, I mean, just, we've been talking about time and time again this season, City not being clinical enough. I mean, 13 corners they had this game, and they had four shots on target. That's terrible, that is. That's one shot on target every three corners they had. Uh, I mean, they only forced two saves out of uh, Newland as well. Mm. I mean, considering they had 22 attempts at goal, that's... You're forcing a save every 11 shots, which is very poor. Um, yeah. I thought the standout player in this game was Phil Foden. Yeah, I mean, to say he's not really featured much this season um, under City, like, he's really, he really performed well. He stepped up his game, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'd like to see him in the England squad. I think he'd bring something different. Uh, his passing was immense. It was, yeah, but I mean, nah, that, so not much for the England squad for me. Like, he, he hasn't played enough. No, no, it's today. true. Right. But yeah, I mean, City getting a trophy this season, but. Well, they've got the Community Shield. Well, yeah, but I think, again, I don't really class that as a trophy. Um, And I mean, you'd think they'd go all out for Champions League, wouldn't you? Yeah, imagine they got more trophies than Liverpool. Yeah, I know. <laughs> because they're, uh, they're still in the FA Cup as well. Yeah, they are. Liverpool crashes out. Mm. So. Yeah, I mean, speaking of that, we might as well segue into that. I mean, Chelsea beating Liverpool, gone, you can go into that. Yeah, just I've thought, besides the three attempts from Mane in quick succession, they didn't really pose any threat to us. And I mm. thought, although I, although we should have probably got more goals, I, I think even with a 2-0 lead, I think we had the game won. Barkley was very poor, but that goal was tremendous. Oh, yeah. Just completely ran through their defence before slotting past Adrian who's proven that he's not, you know, just a goalkeeper brought in on a free. He's been a very capable backup. Hmm. Yeah, um, I mean... And an Evertonian scoring against Liverpool is always, always going to be a great was, moment. Exactly, yeah. I mean... Yeah, it's just... Again, it's just poor from Liverpool. Because, right? you know, they had... 14 shots, 5 on target. Like, it, we talk about City not being clinical. I mean, 
Liverpool's obviously been more clinical this season, but you've got to be doing better, you know. You've got to be challenging that defence because, as we've seen this season, it's not the more solid defence is that Chelsea back line. No. no um, I think the two best players... Really oh, yeah, sorry. Um, I was just about to say the two best players for Liverpool were probably the two youngsters, Jones and Williams. Yeah, I'd agree. Um... But the standout player was Billy Gilmore. Billy Gilmore, yeah. Looks like a brilliant talent. Him. Yeah. I mean, he's only 19. Uh, we bought him three years ago for a million from Rangers. And he's finally getting his chance. And he made quite... He made a massive impact on um, this quarterfinal. Yeah, quarter I mean... Final, round 16. No, round 16, she got into the quarters, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you already have a pretty solid midfield to Chelsea, but do you reckon Gilmore can push his way into that? I mean, why not? Um, mm. I mean, I'd set off Kante, so that just gives him more, you know, chance of getting in the squad. Yeah. And despite Barkley having a bad game, he had that moment of brilliance where you can sort of rely on him in, in case he comes up with those moments like that. Yeah, but realistically, you wouldn't want to rely on him, would you? I mean, no. he, has that, he has that moment winning every 10 games. Like. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kovacic is the complete midfielder. Mm. Yeah, he's been your best player this season, Kovacic, I think, anyway. Mm-hmm. And Giroud had a pretty good game. Um, kept the defence at bay a lot of time because he re- he's really good at holding up the ball and mm. that meant that the wingers and Gilmore could go ahead of him. Um, yeah. They didn't pose any threat. Uh, we won that pretty comfortably and I mean I look at the team, yes it's rotated but it's still a very strong team. I mean still got Van Dyke, Robertson, Gomez, Adrian Fabinho, Origi, Mane. Exactly, and they brought yeah. on Salah towards the end, and we kept he, we n- neutralised him. Yeah, and Firmino got brought on as well. Like, it's not a weak team, and no. I mean with the news that Adrian, not Adrian, Allison is out for the Bournemouth game and the game against Athletic. Like, could be seeing Liverpool struggle a little bit in these next couple of weeks. Well, I don't think that the goals were his fault. I think they were just two strokes of brilliance. Well, the first one was, I think. Well, not the Barkley one. Not the Barkley one, the Willian one. Well, Should've the Barkley ran through the... Uh, oh, right. The Willi- the Barkley one was a great goal. Oh, right, okay. It was the Willian one, he should have caught that. I think. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think, at the end of the day, I think even one goal was enough. Yeah. But um, Pedro had a chance right at the end, one-on-one with the keeper, and just smacks it straight into Adrian. Yeah, well, Which I mean, brings up my point earlier that you, I you think need... he was just knackered because he just made like a sixty-yard run or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean Giroud towards the end was absolutely knackered, and Gilmore, the the commentator, said he could have played another ninety. Yeah. <laughs> well, it looked like it to be fair. I mean. Yeah, we've got and... a really, really good crop of youth come through. Yeah, I was about to say him and Connor Gallagher could be that future of that Chelsea midfield. Yeah, he's having a brilliant time. At, um. Swansea at the moment. Mm. We had a good half at season at Charlton as well, didn't we? I think we remember. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, we're gonna get into any more ties. Um, well, I mean, is are there any other ones you wanna go into really? Uh, not so much the Norwich one, but just uh, something stuck out to me. Um, during the penalty shootout, Tim Krull wrote down uh, every yeah. penalty taker's names and where they'd put it, and because of that, he saved three penalties. Yeah, it's smart. I mean, hey, Tim Krull's probably up there with one of the best penalty savers of all time. I mean, remember when he got brought on by Van Gaal in the 2014 World Cup for shootout, yeah. and yeah. He, he saved, like, three penalties. Right. Where also Salason had never saved one in his career. Yeah. Yeah. Cruel. Absolutely. I think he currently holds the record for the most saves in a Premier League game, which was against Tottenham. He yeah. saved 13. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like. Underrated keeper. Mad. Yeah. I feel like if Norwich do go down, he'll definitely earn himself a Premier League move. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just more misery for Spurs, really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, we're playing Norwich, who probably, I mean, they had a very rotated side mm. and still struggling against them. I mean, so the only changes for Spurs that were out of the ordinary were Vaughn coming in. And probably Ollie Skip in. That was it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we're a pretty strong team. I mean, Ant Mourinho come out and said that, um, you know, he's either going to rotate against Burnley or he's going to rotate against Leipzig because he can't do both. <laughs> well, he, he's going to, I think, Champions League's the only trophy they're going to be chasing now. Mm. Yeah, I mean,. The rumours are that they're going to be rotating um, Saturday against us. Because, I mean, they're only 1 0 down in tie, you know, they could pull it back. Yeah, but it's in Leipzig, so. Yeah. But, I mean, two away goals, and then, you know, Leipzig Leipzig have to score two, so. I think the, the Leicester game was straightforward, as was the Derby game. Yeah. West Brom Newcastle was a really good um, sort of uh, goal field game. Almiron had a really good game getting to two. Yeah. Finally, perhaps getting that goal scorer that they've severely lacked. Exactly, yeah. I mean, ever since he's come from MLS, I mean, it's just he's, he's been pretty poor, but these last few months he seemed to have stepped up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, he looks quicker on ball. Than he usually does. Yeah, yeah. I think he's found the feet now. Mm. And then because he, he's only a little, he's only a little fella, isn't he? Like, yeah. So it's always going to take time to adapt to physicality at Premier League. Yeah. And he's got four goals in five games in the FA Cup. Mm. Mind you, they're all against lower league opposition, aren't they? Yeah. Um. But they were three 0 up and conceded three goals, up uh, two goals, um, mm. due to poor defending. Yeah, it was complacency, really. Mm-hmm. And then final game was City again, completely dominating the match, and then just unable to score and making a harder job of it. And Sheffield United towards Sheffield Wednesday towards the end got their only shot in the entire game. 
Mm. Yeah, I mean... Dominic City are going to lose this, really. In the game. Oh, yeah. Um, And their goalkeeper, Waldsmith, got eight saves. Yeah, he played really well, him. Um, but nobody looked that great for City. Yeah. And that's the reason they're not winning the league, because they can't cut off games. Exactly, and Playing lower or lesser teams. Yeah. But yeah, that's that. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, one with that as well. Um, very quickly, we'll just talk about the um, Nations League because um, the draws have happened for that as well. Um, England, um, oh, who did they get? If they got Iceland, I remember that. Croatia, didn't they? No, they didn't. Fuck. They got Croatia. Yeah, that's what I'm doing as well. I'm just trying to remember. We've got Belgium, Denmark, and Iceland. Yeah, I knew it was someone who beat us in World Cup. Um, Belgium, Denmark, Iceland. Like, I think that's pretty comfortable. Um, you'd think so, but you know, it's never nope's ever comfortable, is it? Well, for me, the group of death is Group C and the Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that is Portugal, France, Sweden, Croatia. So you have the World Cup winners, the Euros winners, um, World Croatia, Cup the World Cup finalists, and Sweden aren't a team to write off either. No, but they'll probably be the ones getting relegated. Yeah. It's it's insane to me that Germany were pot four. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, um, they've been a bit shy these past couple of years, but pot four, really... There were the the World Cup, you know, six years ago. Mhm. They've done more than the teams in Pot Three, and more than Spain and Pot Four to Pot Two, rather. Exactly. Right. So, do you think we'll win that? Um. <sighs> Maybe I don't know about winning it because Belgium are. No. Yeah, I, think I mean, Belgium's their crop of youth. They're going to be much more mature. Yeah. Next in round two exactly yeah um, I mean Iceland you can't write them off I mean they've got some good players you know Sigurdsson Gubbinson, um but you'd think our boys would be able to turn them over um, and then Denmark as well like, got some good players you know um, the likes of your Eriksons um, yeah Barcelona <laughs> um, but yeah you'd think it'd be one of them two getting relegated. Um, uh, Favourites are probably Iceland. Mm, yeah. Which is a shame. I mean, I know they knocked us out at fucking Euros, but, you know, I still I, I still don't mind Iceland, you know. Plucky underdogs. Plus, we've got an Icelandic in our team, so... Yeah. I mean, they've got, the Danish goalkeepers can be very hard to beat. Um, Kasper Schmeichel. Schmeichel, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He always seems to go under radar when people talk about great keepers, Michael. He's really mm. good. Yeah. Played well against City, if I don't, if I recall correctly, a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Yeah. I'm just looking at that squad. It's a pretty strong squad. Mm. Yusuf Powson, Daniel Vass, Hoiberg, Thomas Delaney, Eriksson, as you said, um, Andreas Christensen, Kier, and Kasper Dolberg. 
I knew there was a young striker that I was forgetting. That's a, that's what I was thinking of, Dolberg. Um, I I I, know, I had it in my head. I know it's not Harland, but who else is it? Who's blonde-haired and a striker? It's Dolberg. But yeah, like they've got a strong squad, and I think it's probably Iceland going to be the one facing chop. Um, but it'll be interesting to see us play Belgium. That's the game what I'm really well not I'm not gonna say looking forward to but the game what I'm most intrigued about um shall we say to see how much we've improved since that World Cup two years ago. Yeah, but my eyes are mostly gonna be on that group three. Mm, yeah. <laughs> You're gonna have some really good matches in that. Oh yeah, it'd be mental. Mbappe versus Yao Felix. Mm. I mean, he's been a bit of a flop, hasn't he, Al Felix? Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. But hopefully, you know, being up front with Ronaldo, hopefully help him a lot. Um, I mean, League B Group 4 has um, Ireland and Wales together, but I think they're both comfortably winning their groups. Yeah, um, I mean... I do like the idea of um, national a national league with relegation and promotion. I feel like that really it gives you know the teams like your Ireland's and like your Wales is something to fight for. You know, like you know, like so Scotland they're never going to win for call. Like, so it's nice for the little teams to have something to fight yeah, for. Yeah, because they'll be playing because if Ireland or Wales win that, they could be in a group with England. Or Germany, or Portugal, or France. Exactly, yeah. Like, you know, if because if you're a national, if you're in a national team and you're a small country, like, you know, I'm I'm not being funny, but what's, you know, Norway? I mean, obviously they've got Haaland, but like, what are they ever going to do in an international tournament? Like, mm. what are Scotland ever going to do in an international tournament? What are, you know. <sighs> I don't know, I'm just going to name countries, Slovakia, like Slovenia, like, they might make it to the tournaments, but they don't make them out of groups, like. Well, the good thing about this is the lesser players are only going to get better playing the world-class players. Yeah. So there's absolutely a lot to gain for them. Exactly. And you do, you're going to end up with some really interesting clashes, such as, um, you know, Portugal, France, and Portugal, Croatia, Croatia, France, etc. Yeah. I mean, even Italy, Bosnia, I'm quite intrigued about. Because Bosnia are, they tend to produce some weird outlandish player. I mean, Dzeko came from nothing, signed to Wolfsburg, had a record-breaking season. But yeah. Aye, and um, what's his name? The Juventus midfielder. He's Bosnian. Pjanic, he? yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting, be interesting. And the winner of the Nations League, they get um, a Euro spot, don't they? If I remember rightly. So, from what I read, it's every group winner, even going as far as League D, mm. will go, will qualify for the World Cup, is it? Or is it World? I think it's World Cup. Will it be World Cup? Y- yeah. Is it league? I- I'm not 100% sure now. 
I think it'll be the winners of League A, B, and then the two best performance teams of League C. Ah, right, okay. So it it saves them having to go through the the 10 grueling games of World Cup qualification. Yeah. So hopefully England win that, so Mm. we can have to put up with the crappy friendlies on ITV. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Uh, um, Well, yeah, because, I mean... I'm I'm just looking forward to um, the England Italy game because I mean that that'll be you know the team the team that he picks against Italy Southgate will be the team that you know he'll most likely go with in the Euros. I mean it's only what like three week away now. Ah, uh, isn't it March twenty third? I thought it was a Friday. Oh, well, that's wrong. Yeah, I think it's twenty seventh. Several up. Just off top. Yeah, it's the twenty seventh. Yep, eight. Yeah, it's on the eight o'clock. Yeah. Because I know it was just before um, the young lions, England's under twenty ones, are going to Turf Moor. Like, be a good day out for them. Who are playing they Tur- playing Turkey? I mean, with the rugby that's been postponed in. Um. Italy. I don't know whether that game goes ahead. Oh, yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, I wouldn't know. Mm, yeah, that'd be depressing to think about. It's really shit, this fucking virus, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, so shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's depressing. Uh, right, yeah. Um, but, like I said, it'll be interesting to see if the game does go ahead what team he does pick because it'll most likely be the team that he plays with at the Euros Mhm. hopefully Henderson is his starting keeper I'm not going to comment on that <laughs> uh, right well I mean is there any fo- other f- football you want to comment on or is that it do you think for this episode it's been a li- bit shorter than usual uh yeah that's it yeah uh yeah um well yeah don't forget to follow us at anti football pod on Twitter. Um, make sure you subscribe, download all that shite, tell your friends. And uh, yeah, we'll see you what next time. <laughs>